Good morning, Cornerstone. We continue our study today in the book of Romans, chapter 2, verses 12 through 16. And I want to start by saying that ignorance of the law is not a defense. I learned that lesson in Fort Belvoir, Virginia. One night, Diane and I were coming back from an event. And I did what I learned that night is called a California stop. Didn't know what that was. I tapped on my brake and I went through the stop sign. Seemed normal, it's late at night, nobody's out but me and a police officer. And he pulled me over to the side of the road and I said, I don't know what he wants, what is he coming to the car for? And he came up and he, excuse me, sir, do you know you just did a California stop at the stop sign back there? I said, what is the California stop? He explained it to me. I said, but I stopped, I hit my brakes, I did stop. He said, yeah, you kind of stopped, but the law says that you have to stop for at least three seconds. I never heard that before. So wait a minute, wait a minute. You mean you were timing me? He's not, I wasn't timing you, but I know you didn't stop for three seconds. And in my defense, I said to him, but I didn't even know that was a law. I've never heard that in my life. And as children are free from the law of God, but it really doesn't matter whether they understand the law of God or not. Doesn't matter whether they ever read a Bible or not. Even apart from the law, they will perish. All who sin apart from the law will perish. And Paul says, all who sin under the law will be judged by the law. Now he's talking about the Jews. The people who receive the law of God on Mount Sinai from the mouth of Moses, what we call the Ten Commandments, we know what that is, the Ten Commandments. The Jews are the people who are under the law. After teaching the Moses, Moses says to the people in Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 5, he says, Behold, I have taught you statutes and judgments, even as the Lord my God commanded me, that you should do so in the land where you go to possess it. Keep therefore and do the law, for this is your wisdom, this is your understanding in the sight of all the nations. Moses gave the Jews, the people of God, the law. It's important, I didn't clarify this a couple weeks ago, but it's important to understand that to be a Jew doesn't always mean to be of Jewish ancestry, and to be a Jew doesn't mean to have Jewish blood. Any person can be or become a Jew. Judaism is a religion and not a race. Any person who submits themselves to the rules and the laws of Judaism is a Jew. Exodus chapter 12, verse 48, God says, a foreigner residing among you who wants to celebrate the Lord's Passover must have all the males in his household circumcised. Then he may partake like he is one who is born of the land. Then he can be a Jew. No uncircumcised male may eat. Anyone who wants to become a Jew can become a Jew. And the sign, the outward symbol of Judaism is, for males, is circumcision. 
And as we delve deeper into the text, not today, but as we delve deeper, we'll, we'll come to understand that circumcision is the outward sign or confession of commitment to the Jewish faith, circumcision. Just like baptism is the outward declaration that I have given my life to Jesus Christ. But both of these, baptism and circumcision, both of these are outward signs, outward symbols. And Paul clarifies this when he tells us in verse 13 that it is not those who hear the law who are righteous in God's sight. Just because you understand the law, just because you read your Bible every day, just because you understand theology, it will not make you righteous in God's sight. It is not those who go through the outward motions of religion who are called righteous. It is not those who hear the law who are righteous in God's sight. But it is those who obey the law who will be declared righteous. And why will they be declared righteous? Because if they obey the whole law, they are righteous. And so God will just say what is obvious. You've obeyed the whole law, therefore you are righteous. Any word, anyone, any person who obeys the whole law is righteous before God. Indeed, Paul says, when Gentiles who do not have the law, do by nature things required by the law, they are a law for themselves, even though they do not have the law. They, Gentiles who obey the law, even though they are not under the law, they are a law for themselves. That's very interesting. That by their actions they show that they have an understanding and an appreciation for what is right and what is wrong, what is good and what is evil. By nature, intuitively they know. Like the little girl who goes into the kitchen late at night and sneaks a cookie out of the cookie jar. Nobody ever told her that it was wrong, but somehow intuitively she knows that it is wrong to steal. Most kids would know that intuitively. And that child becomes a law for themselves. I'll go out on a limb right here and I'll say that there are a lot of Gentiles. There are a lot of non-Jews that obey the law more meticulously than those who call themselves Jews. I'll go out on a limb and say that. I have no doubt about that, that there are Gentiles who do not obey the law, who do, who do not understand the law of God, who obey the law more meticulously than those who call themselves Jews. Just as there are a lot of non-believers that love their neighbor better than most Christians. I'll go out on a limb and say that. You guys know I go to this little uh, uh, special needs organization on the weekdays. I transport young people back and forth to, to the special needs place. And most of the people there are not Christians. Most of them do not confess faith in Jesus Christ. But as those special needs people get off of the bus 
Every day, these people are lined up, calling their names, patting them on the back, showing them all kinds of love. And I sit there in my bus and I think to myself, I don't know many Christians who conduct themselves with such love. These people are a law unto themselves. They intuitively understand that it is good and it is right to love the least among us. <laughs> They're a law for themselves. They have an innate sense of what is right and what is wrong, and they strive to do what is right. And their efforts are praiseworthy. Even though they're not believers, their efforts are praiseworthy. Even though they don't follow Jesus Christ, we should not hesitate to give them the credit and the honor that they deserve. They are a law for themselves. They naturally do what is right. Without any external coercion, without any external instruction, they tend to do what is right and what is good. And if they're able to obey the whole law, they will be declared righteous in the sight of God. Because Paul says, they show that the requirement of the law is written on their hearts. That somehow and some way they have inherited a predisposition, an inclination to do what is right. Their ethical compass directs them toward the good. And since they are not under the law, their own consciences becomes their moral guide, their moral compass. Paul says it. Paul says their consciences also bearing witness and their thoughts sometimes accusing them and at other times even defending them. This is what it means to be a law for yourself. The conscience sets the standard. The conscience plays the role of prosecutor one day, plays the role of advocate the next day, accusing and defending. This person becomes their own judge. This person takes up their own defense. But as the old saying goes, the person who has himself as a client in a trial has a fool for a client. The person who takes upon himself to defend his own self has a fool for a client. The person who by the light of his own conscience takes upon herself the authority to accuse or to excuse her actions will be in the final analysis a fool. Because you've heard the old saying that you never let the fox guard the hen house. The conscience is like the fox. The conscience has ulterior motives personal biases, and occasionally your conscience becomes hyper-judgmental to the point where it does not, it refuses to allow you to find any rest. God help the person who labors under their own conscience. Sometimes the conscience withholds approval when approval was warranted. Sometimes your conscience gives you a pass when you needed to be held accountable. Don't get me wrong, the conscience, the conscience could be a wonderful guide. 
But in the long run, the conscience proves itself to be just as inconsistent and just as petty as the person. The Jew is guided by the law. The Gentile is governed by his own conscience. And yet they both suffer the same outcome. Because the Jew can never fulfill the whole law. And the Gentile cannot satisfy her own conscience. And neither of them will be declared righteous before God. As I was studying this, a question came to mind, and I had to spend a few hours pondering this. I want to give it to you today. I want us to take a moment, just a few minutes, to evaluate our own hearts, to see whether or not we have placed ourselves under the law or if we're being ruled by our own consciences. It's a very interesting question. Are we placing ourselves under the law or are we being guided, are we judging ourselves according to our own conscience? What is troubling you about your walk with Jesus? Why do you never feel satisfied with where you are in your faith? Why do you constantly push yourself to do better and better and more and more? And why is your best never good enough for you? It is because you are either trying to serve God under the law or because you're assessing your spiritual progress through the lens of your fallen conscience. Either you are trying to fulfill every jot and tittle of the law of God and this is an impossible feat, or you're trying to appease your fallen conscience which has no mercy. This is the challenge, brothers and sisters. This is the challenge with the law and with your own conscience. Neither of them will show you any mercy. The law of God is not merciful. Let me say that again. The law of God is not merciful. And if you as a believer place yourself under the law, you will not be shown any mercy by the law. The law doesn't show mercy. That is not the purpose of the law. The purpose of the law is to provide us with God's standard, then to condemn us when we break the standard. No mercy, no justification, no grace. That's the law. When was the last time you got pulled over by a police officer and got a ticket for driving the speed limit? Congratulations, I'm giving you a ticket for driving. The law is not about that. The police officer only stops you when you break the law. <laughs> the law is not a mechanism. The law is not meant to be a tool for mercy. So that when you defy, when you break the law, you will suffer the consequence of the law or of your own conscience. 
The conscience is impersonal and an internal mechanism that is designed to make us feel good when we do right and to feel horrible when we do wrong. And when we do wrong, the conscience shows no mercy. Don't misunderstand me, the law of God is fair. But it is in the fairness of the law that the law shows no bias, the law shows no favoritism to anybody. It judges everyone according to what it sees. And if I am under the law, I will be judged by the law. On the other hand, my conscience may be fair, my conscience may not be fair. Sometimes if I assess myself according to my conscience, I may give myself an even stiffer penalty than what was necessary. I may overdo it in my hyperjudgmentalism. And I will stand accused before my all-powerful conscience. But what if I am able to do the whole law of God? What if I'm able to? Is that even possible, first of all? Paul's gonna say much more about that next week. I don't wanna jump ahead of myself for now. Let's just say that as far as I know, I am fulfilling the whole law of God as far as I know right now. So do I now have a reason to be confident in the day that I stand before God? As far as I understand, as far as I am aware, I am in obedience to the whole law this Sunday morning. Should I have confidence then to stand before the judgment seat of God? Yes or no? The answer is no. And what if my conscience informs me that I am doing good? What if my conscience tells me that I am doing well? Well done, Calvin. Should this give me confidence when I stand before the judgment seat of God? The answer is also no. Why not? After all, my conscience is clear and I'm not aware of any sin in my life. Why shouldn't I feel confident to stand before the judgment seat of God? And the answer is simply this, because there is much more to you than you know. There's much more to you than you know. You do not know the depths of your own immorality. We cannot know the depths of our own depravity. And therefore, my conscience cannot assess what it is not even aware of. Huh. And if you labor under the law, you can only submit those aspects of yourself that you are in control of and you are not in complete control of your entire self. Nobody is. Your thoughts are not under your complete control. In other words, there is a large portion of yourself, brothers and sisters, there is a large portion of yourself that is hidden even from you. 
And when God comes to judge, these are the aspects of the self that God will be evaluating. Paul says it in verse 16. This will take place on the day when God judges people's secrets. When God judges people's hidden selves. When God judges those aspects of your own self that even you are not aware of. I was teaching Celebrate Recovery and I was sitting in a small group with some ladies. Week after week, this young lady would tell stories about her growing up. Part of Celebrate Recovery is to tell your personal story. And she would tell stories about her growing up. She was suffering from almost a debilitating uh, depression. And she would tell her stories and she would always talk about her father. Her father who always made it to every baseball game. Her father who always provided for the family. Her father who took them on fishing trips every summer. She really loved her father. And it showed, she talked about him every session. And as the recovery program went on week after week after week, one night she pulled me to the side and she had tears in her eyes. And she said, I wanna make a confession. I said, what is it, what, what, what's going on here? And she confessed to me that she had been angry at her father for years. And her anger had turned into a bitterness that was consuming her and pushing her into depression. She said to me, I didn't realize this, but every time I'm in the small group and I'm talking about my dad, something inside of me just begins to rage. I never, I never knew this. I never even considered this before. I was unaware that I had a dislike for my own father. I didn't know it. And she cried and she cried. This was new information for her. And she was ashamed, she felt guilty, but she also felt glad because she had this sense of freedom. Like she had come to understand a part of herself that had been hidden from her all of her life. She didn't know, she was not aware that she didn't like her father. What would the law say to her? What would the law say to that young lady? If she stands before the law and says, I, I hate my father, I never even knew I hated, I, I, I'm bitter against him. What, what, would, what would the law say to her? You know what the law would say? Honor your mother and your father. You have not honored your mother and your father and now you must be judged. There will be no understanding. You have broken the law. Whether you were aware of it or not, you've broken the law. That's what the law would say, period. <laughs> That's what the conscience would say, period. You've broken the law. Honor your mother and your father. That is the law. But I was unaware. Ignorance of the law is not a defense. And not only is ignorance of the law not a defense, ignorance of myself 
Ignorance of my motives, ignorance of my own disposition is not a defense either. Just because I think I'm doing good doesn't mean I'm doing good. And in the final analysis, this means that only God truly knows who I am. Only God truly knows who you are and what you're really all about. Only God knows how you measure up against the law. You do not know, you cannot know. And since I have no idea of what actually lies beneath the veneer of my religious practices, I am unwilling to take the risk of placing myself under the law and I am unwilling to be guided even by my own conscience. This is where Paul is going. He's sliding us into it right now. I am unwilling to place myself under the law for judgment and I am unwilling to be guided by my own conscience. Because as Paul so rightly states in 1 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 4, my conscience is clear. I'm not aware of any sin in my life, in other words, but that does not make me innocent. <laughs> and therefore, I am unwilling to stand before God and say, hey, my conscience is clear. I know I'm good. No, that doesn't make you innocent. There are things about yourself that you don't even know. And God, when he judges, is not just judging what you're aware of. God is going to judge the secrets. And this is why we don't want to take the risk of placing ourselves under the law. Because the law will show no mercy. And ignorance of the law will not be an excuse. And therefore, we do not look to our own consciences for approval. And therefore, we do not even assess ourselves according to the law. Because there is too much about myself that I simply cannot know. Too much of my truest self is too hidden from my own view. And even when I think I'm doing right, the law still finds me wanting. Only God knows all the secrets that culminate into the person that I call myself. Only God is aware of all the sins I commit on a daily basis at the very core of my being that I am not even aware of. And so every day, instead of standing before God under the law, instead of standing before God according to my own conscience, each and every day I stand before God under the banner of Jesus Christ. Each day I am confident only in the finished work of Jesus Christ. And by that work, I hope to be declared righteous. Despite the fact that within me dwells no good thing. I hope this leaves us all today on the edge of our seats. I hope this message causes us to turn and run to the cross of Jesus Christ for mercy. To remove ourselves from under the law of our own conscience and even from under the law of God and to run to Jesus Christ to find mercy and grace in our time of need. Because apart from Jesus Christ, no one will be declared righteous. This is where Paul is ultimately going. I'm going to cut it off right there because I don't want to go too far. But I want to spend some time on this week asking ourselves the question. 
Do I live my life as if I am under the law? Do I live my life as if I'm being guided by my own conscience? Am I allowing my own conscience to make me feel bad about my walk with Christ? Am I putting forth all kinds of effort to live up to the law of God instead of resting in the grace of God? Because this is what Paul is trying to tell us. And next week he's going to say it directly and pretty straightforward. That by the law will no man be saved. When you think about it, it makes total sense. The law doesn't come to save. I am broken. The law doesn't come to heal me. I need to be fixed, and the law does not fix me. The law is just the standard. We are restored. We are renewed. Only through Jesus Christ our Lord, apart from the law. Let's pray. Father, I thank you today for your wisdom and your plan of salvation by which I am justified not by my own works, not by my conscience and not by the law, but I am justified. according to this impossible standard that all of us have already failed at. My prayer for us today, Father God, is that we will rely more heavily upon your grace, that we won't give ourselves a pass from doing what is right, but that we will only allow ourselves to be judged, estimated, and evaluated by your Holy Spirit and not by our own selves. Because the truth is that there are aspects of ourselves that even we cannot know. There are aspects of ourselves that even we are not in control of. Thank you for your mercy that you've shown us through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Let your Holy Spirit be our guide. Let your Holy Spirit take the place of our consciences the Holy Spirit who testifies with our spirit that we are in fact the children of God. In Jesus' name, amen.